a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, I talked to a commission income earner, a woman who was recently back in the workforce, the last six years or so after raising her family. Her husband makes a great income. Her income is beginning to make a really big difference. Yet she still has some credit card debt, and she's wondering if she's on a commission income, should she use this commission to aggressively pay off that debt or pay it off more slowly so she can establish some stability with her savings? Her name is Holly. She joins me now. Hello, Holly. Hi, Pete. How are you? I'm fantastic. Did I somewhat accurately describe your situation? Yes, I would say so. Okay, that's all we have time for this week. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so I'm, I'm good. you were 44 years old. Is that is that an accurate statement? That is an accurate statement. And how old is your husband? 45. All right. And uh, tell me about the income situation. His, yours, what's going on? So he makes um, about just over $120,000 a year. And I am, as you stated, 100% commission only. So I would say that my commission um, that I bring in is about 60000 in gross income, so pre-tax. Okay, so the, the number one question that on top of my mind here is, uh, if your income did not exist right now, let's say you quit, I'm done, I'm not doing it anymore, yep. uh, what happens to your financial life on a day-to-day basis? Day to day doesn't change as much. We pretty much use his income for all the necessities, and that's how it was um, until I went back into the workforce. So it kind of it, it meets our needs. My income now we have kids in college and vacations and and more the I don't want to say fun stuff, but paying off some debt and also um, doing those extras. I think it would probably affect the kids more than us because it pays for a lot of their extras Sure. Um, in terms of the fun things that they get to do. But we survived and maintained and were able to live off his income pretty much up until three years ago. Now, I know I, this always feels like I'm jinxing your financial life by asking this question, but how stable of a career is your husband in? Uh, I'm knocking on wood, but he's in a pretty stable okay. career. All right, so you have a ton of moving pieces as we begin to look at the numbers. You you have approximately $415,000, which uh, I assume is in your husband's 401k. Uh, yep. 32,000 in a solo 401k, which I assume for is for you. You've got a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, both at 30 grand a piece, $132,000 in stocks and $40,000 in mutual funds. Um, I, it is safe to say at 44 and 45 years old that your 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 future, if you keep at that pace, is secure. Do you feel that way? Not always. I think because we're just kind of wrapped up in the data at day, we feel like we're putting money away for the future. And right now we're really only funding the 401ks. Um, the other funds are things that were kind of funded in the past and we've just let sit there. 
And the only thing that we're really actively contributing to is the 401ks. So we're hoping that we're contributing enough, but I guess that's one of the reasons I call because this isn't our area of expertise. Uh, here's what I think is making you feel that way. Um, you have $7,500 in credit card debt, nearly a $25,000 home equity line of credit, and uh, two cars for a total of about $30,000 in auto loans. Do you think that consumer debt that, oh, we've got we've to make this payment every month, do you think that is what makes this feel a, a tad less certain than I make it feel? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, just seeing those numbers every month. And I'm a numbers person. So I I would like, you know, especially the credit card debt to just be gone. Sure. Um, so then I feel like I can, you know, use money that would go towards that for maybe fun stuff for us. At 44 and 45, you also have a college student? Yes, we do. How many? I was a child's bride, I like to say. Yeah, well, I guess. it's, it's it, You don't really hear that a lot anymore. I mean, I my parents uh, were about the age you were when they, they had me. Um, how many children do you have? We have four. Oh, my. So, so we'll be paying for college for the next 12 years. Oh, my gosh. I, need a, I almost need a break so I can faint <laughs> and then revive myself. So, it's easy. Once you get past three, it really doesn't matter. So, yeah, what's the old thing? You go from playing man-to-man uh, -man to zone, and then once you're playing zone, it doesn't yep. matter, right? Um, Correct. All right. So you already know this, what I'm about to say, but I'm saying this for the sake of our listener, and I, I, I say that in a singular way. Um, <laughs> you are in the midst of the hardest years that you will ever have financially and that you have ever had financially you are entering in that window. Do you understand that? Okay. Hopefully you understand I it. I do. I know I always... Go ahead. I was going to say, I hear you say it's, you know, in your 50s, but I guess since we started younger, yep. it's, it's now. It's 47 to 53, and I would say, you know, it's subjective as when do you start and is it early. Let's say you started three years early. You were in the window. I mean, it is what it feels like now it will feel this way for the next 10 years. And so what we have okay. to make sure we do is we have to make sure at the other end of that is a plan that will succeed, right? So that's a part of our time together. Part of it is how do you survive the next 10 years? And then the third part of our plan is how do you fix or improve the now so you feel like you have a fighting chance in those 10 years? Does that seem like a reasonable plan? Sure. If you can figure it out, I'm all ears. Of course I can figure it out. Okay, let's start with the, <laughs> let's start with the easy part. And that, that's crazy to say that. I think if you just do some pretty simple projections, you're going to have close to two to two and a half million dollars at retirement age uh, of, so let's say, age 63 or so for your husband. So if he works longer than that, I mean, you're going to have a couple million bucks. Um, it, without doing anything different than you're currently doing. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. And, and that's not to say that $2 million is, is enough or $2.5 million is enough, but combine that with the fact that your mortgage will be paid off in 19 years. Um, you know, one of your major bills, other than having four kids, goes away, I, I think. And you mentioned you have a pension, right? Someone does. Yes, my husband has a pension. And that'll be, I think, um, if we do the 100% survivor benefit right now, we're looking at, 
I want to say it's like $1,200 a month. Okay. Or $1,300 a month. Yeah, I mean, that's better than a kick in the teeth, right? Um, if you if you're looking at that 100 and, and this, I just, I want you to, to uh, put this in the back of your head, if not write it down or, and, or take action on it. If you're thinking about doing a hundred percent on a survivor, uh, with a hundred percent survivor benefit, that means that that is, uh, uh, he'll get one, you'll both get one amount while he's living. And when he passes away, you'll get the same amount. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Another way to do that. Another way to do that based on his health is to take. 100% life only, which means on him, and then buy life insurance. Uh, so when he dies, then you would get the life insurance. And I'll tell you, Holly, oftentimes, based on his health, uh, that's the better way to go. Because okay. you, you'll get more in retirement while he is living, and when he passes away, you'll get more when he passes away. It's called pension max or pension maximization. And the concept is, again, to take the life only for him, buy life insurance, and the the difference uh, and the life insurance premium is 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 worth doing. Okay. Yeah, I'd never thought of that before, so that's good. All right. So that that that's one we'll set aside. I also think between pension and social security and the two and a half million dollars in assets, you're going to be fine at retirement. So let's go to let's go to the short term now. How do you deal with the short term? I. You have $1,000 in savings, but then you've got $40,000 in a mutual fund that you use as an emergency fund. How often do you actually tap those that $40,000? Um, I would say in the past 10 years, we tapped it once for oh. a medical emergency. So we don't really, we pretend like that doesn't exist. And that is our six month, you lose a job, we're, you know, we need it, um, emergency fund. That's what that's for. But it, and then the thousand dollars is just kind of, you know, a buffer in the savings account. But there's so much consumer debt; it's almost as though that thousand dollars, in my opinion, doesn't prevent you from going deeper into debt or having the courage or the ability to attack the debt, right? That that's what makes me nervous about your situation. If that savings account, that thousand dollar balance, was ten thousand bucks. 7500 bucks, then I feel like you could be more confident in attacking your debts. Do you feel that way or am I misreading it? Um, I, I'm not certain. I think I just keep that $1,000 in there for, you know, something sneaks up. We forget that something's due for the kids that we need to cover this month instead of next month. And then I just kind of replenish it. Um, not that that happens that often, but every once in a while I might have to borrow like 200 from it and then I just put it back. Um, so are you saying that maybe the 40,000 would be better used in a different way? No, no, no. Yeah. No. What I'm saying is, okay, so right now, are you aggressively, you're not aggressively paying off your credit card debt. Are you just making the minimum payment or are you paying a little bit more? Oh, no, no, no. I pay probably like, um, 700 a month. And what's now, the minimum? So I have actually, I think there is no minimum on that card because of the kind of card it is. Yeah. Um, so, but I would say, you know, what, a hundred dollars, 150, you know, that they might say is, is technically the minimum. Yeah. Um, but that's something that what would happen is I would get a good commission check. We would just wipe out any credit card debt and then things might build up on it because, I didn't have that money set aside. Sure. 
and then get another commission check, just pay it off. And I was like, okay, this yo-yo isn't working anymore. Why don't I just let it sit there and instead of paying it all off in one big chunk, maybe put like 700 a month and then take the rest of my commission and use it for other things or build up kind of a commission reserve. Yeah. And in fact, that's what I think you should do. I, I think on your next big commission check, you actually save that money into your savings account, give yourself a little bit of a buffer. And then once you've created a bigger buffer, then I think you attack the credit card debt. Because what you've attempted to do is to attack the credit card debt first. And then uh, when uh, it slows down, then you're forced to, to go reach for your savings. And at this point, there's only a thousand bucks there and we don't want to liquidate the 40. I don't know. What do you think your next biggish uh, uh, commission check will be? How much? Uh, probably about 5,500. All right. I mean, and do, do you have any obligations with any of that 5,500? Is that net taxes or do you have to set some back for taxes? No, that's after taxes. That would be after taxes. Okay. So do you have any obligations uh, with the 5,500? Uh, just some business expenses that I pay out of it. So maybe like, I probably have like five to 600 business expenses ongoing every month. Um, and I only pay that out of my commission. So I would say, you know, to be safe, $600 of it. Okay. So is your mark for yeah, business? So $4,900 then is available. Yep. Is it possible that you put the entire 4,900 in that thousand dollar savings account? I could. Yeah. Okay. So when you say it that way and, and, and I'm not busting your chops here, I'm curious as to why you wouldn't. What, what or is the other thing as well? Hey, I got some, got some stuff we want to do. Is that, is that sort of the, the, the other well, side I of that? I just think like my, my just, you know, every ounce of me says just pay off any outstanding debt you have. Like why put it in savings when you have, you know, $7,500 credit card debt, but it obviously hasn't been working. So yeah, you're yo-yoing, right? We call that yo-yoing. Like you're, yeah. you're in and out and in and out, and it's in it and it's frustrating. And it's like, and you you got to think every time I hear this, um, it's like, well, why in the world would saving the money and not paying off the debt? How in the hell would that help? Um, because the next paycheck, no matter what happens, you won't be yo-yoing anymore. You'll be able to just pay off the debt. I, it's funny. A lot of the commission-based stuff I, I built a decade ago was because of realtors, because they are classic yo-yoers. They, they all do it. You all do it. It's like you get together and you're like, let's yo-yo. Um, I think once we get out of that credit card debt, the way you survive the next 10 years, Holly, is that then the next thing you attack is one of the cars. And when that's gone, you attack the other cars. Because I'm guessing between the credit card debt, the HELOC, and the two cars, that's what, 2,500 bucks a month or something like that? Um, it's pro if we just pay the minimums, it's probably like 1,200 bucks a month. But if I'm paying 700 on the, the credit card debt, then yeah, it's about 2,000. Okay, so think about this. If you, if you think about trying to pay for four college educations, potentially, um, one of the best ways to do that is to have the cash to cash flow it, right? If we, yep. if we create a scenario in which your commission over the next couple of years knocks out all this consumer debt, then it allows you in that moment to better cash flow at $2,000 a month uh, education so that your kids don't take on too much student loan debt. And here's what really scares me that I have not unleashed on you until 
right now is that if you play your cards wrong here, based on the amount of assets you have as a household, based on your household income, I'm terrified that you could get tricked into taking on parent plus loans for your kids. Are, are, oh, no, I would never do that. Most they know people that. say we've, that. We've already told them, here's an amount. This is what you get. And then beyond that, you need to figure it out. Okay, but it doesn't work that way is what I'm telling you. It does, <laughs> like What you just said is beautiful, but it doesn't work that way. So what happens is, let's say, pick an amount. Uh, you, we're going to give you this amount. Give me a number. Like, how much are you saying? Uh, we, we'll do do 25, we do 25000 Okay, awesome. Let's say you say, okay, and we'll pick a kid's name. You have a Billy. You have a son named Billy now, okay? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Billy, here's twenty five grand. Figure it out. The rest is on you. So Billy goes where he wants to go. Billy goes to an expensive school that's $45,000 a year. And he goes, and he the twenty five grand goes the first year. He gets some student loans. He goes back for the second year. But because you don't, or he doesn't have the money to pay for the second year, he goes deeper. He starts to take on private student loans to fund that second year. Well, at this point, he's getting closer to capping out on the amount of federal loans he can take out. So the only way he goes back for his junior year, halfway through his degree, and he's already at this point $50,000 in debt, is if he comes back to you and says, the only way they'll let me go back is if you take out parent plus loans. And a parent does not realize this when they say, here's 25 grand, figure it out. Because 20 grand, 20, 25 grand, figure it out when you go to an expensive school actually creates a scenario, Holly, in which you are taking out parent plus loans almost every time, right? 25 grand and figure it out, but going to a really inexpensive school that allows this to really happen, that's a, that's a reasonable plan. But if you give them the 25 grand thinking, oh, well, we're gonna wash our hands of it, we're never gonna borrow again, the chances of that child, Billy, uh, being forced to make a tough choice their junior year, it goes through the roof. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, do. I guess we're in a situation where they have some of their own funds already to pay for it Okay. Um, that were not put there by us. So when we figured out ours, 25 grand should, should cover everyone per year. Um, with no student loans for anybody from us. Well, they'll have minimal student loans. Okay. They'll probably come out with like, you know, five to six grand a year in student loans, um, depending on where they go. You know, if they go somewhere that's a state school, then they won't. But if they go to private schools, they will. And that, that, that is, that is good to hear. I would still be careful because when you have multiple, like not, no matter how you feel about this person, the vice president of the United States found himself in this exact situation. And he has over $100,000 of parent plus loans, right? It's a really common thing with people with multiple kids with the intent of paying for school and then it goes heinously wrong. So if nothing else, do you have a financial advisor you work with on a regular basis? We do, yeah. Hopefully they under, most financial advisors don't understand college financial aid. It's just not what they do. It's just a different field. Um, you, you probably need to talk to a college financial aid specialist sooner rather than later. Because if, I, if I'm sitting back and I'm looking at your situation and I'm saying, well, what terrifies me about the situation? The long term, no. The short term, not really, although I think some of this consumer debt is creating problems it shouldn't. My real concern is eight to 10 years from now when the bulk okay. of your kids are through this and what happens if a couple of them take the wrong step in terms of deciding their college path 
and then that puts you on the, the, the hook unwittingly for their education. And then how does that affect your retirement? That's what terrifies me about your situation. Okay. It's a weird one. You've got a good situation. You're going to have two and a half million dollars in retirement. You're going to have a pension, you know, social security. You're not going to have a house payment. Like all that is a beautiful thing, but man, next 10 years are rocky. Um, and unless I think we get rid of some of that consumer debt in a systematic way. All right. So when you say to put the next, you know, one into savings, like take that 4,900 and put into savings, what point do you want that savings account to be before then we attack? We go back to kind of sort of an attacking. Yeah, I mean, sort of an arbitrary yeah. number. I would say somewhere between five to ten thousand bucks. I think that really okay. is about how often do you go back in and have that save the bacon, right? How often do you go back in and say, uh, we need a little bit, right? The more often you do that, yep. the higher amount that needs to be. Like if you do it every month or every two months, then yeah, it needs to be higher. Um, I think it's trial and error. I think one $4,900 deposit, taking that to essentially 6000 bucks, it's a good place to start because then the next commission check can almost entirely go to that credit card debt so you don't yo-yo again. Okay. What else? Am I missing something? Not with that. One other thing we've been thinking of in terms of kind of the long-term plan um, is investment properties okay. and maybe taking some of the money that we have in stocks um, and kind of transferring that over and looking into doing a, a rental. And I just didn't know what your take is on that. Well, I just will looking s- to yeah. kind of create some more passive income. Sure. Uh, I would say a couple things. Number one, you are the real estate expert, not me. <laughs> Number two, uh, I would say what makes me nervous about that generally is the capital it takes to improve a project if you have to do that. Um, and I don't know. I think there's also a question about the housing market and the economy. Like, what's going to happen when the economy slows? Like, well, it's going fine now. I mean, the economy is great and housing prices are going through the roof. But what happens when that turns? Does that make rentals more attractive? Does it make them less attractive? Um, I don't think it would be that bad. I don't think it would be a mistake to diversify your holdings okay. by having a rental property. I mean, that's what I try. That's how I try to answer these questions. Is that a, is that a dumb idea? No, it's not a dumb idea. But there's obviously some some things you have to think about. Okay. Yeah, it's just something we've been kind of tossing around for a few years and feel like if we're going to do it, we want to do it sooner rather than later. I will say this, based on the age of your kids, which are 18, 16, 14, and 11, if you do a rental property, and I, I actually have a, a good friend that just did this. He's got a high school-age son. Use it as a tool to teach them about passive income and make them go through the entire process of the economics of it. And at these ages, especially 18, 16, and 14, you could change their life forever by creating a little spark of, holy cow, you can do that? I think you should definitely get them involved if you're going to go down the rental property route. Okay. All right. That's it. Like, look, I love your situation long term. I, I, I'm going to be tipping my glass to you, uh, raising it to you over the next 10 years because it's just going to be the hardest thing you've dealt with. That's not <laughs> negative. It's just true. Um, and again, it's, it's not like you're not prepared, right? It's just going to be hard. I'm just, I'm just trying to set the level of expectation of like, it's, it's never going to, it's just tough. Uh, right now, I think the consumer debt is what is bringing the uncertainty. And if you take that out, the next 10 years get easier. 
All right. All right. And if we receive any type of, because I'm on a very variable income, like if all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is an extra good year or my husband gets a, you know, increase in his salary, where do you recommend kind of earmarking that money for? Um, obviously first consumer debt, but then after that, after you wipe out the consumer debt, um, I would say at that point in time, it's really about, um, continuing to fund college and then building up your savings. I think when you're on a, when you're on a commission income, the more you can create a commissioner pool that then pays yourself a salary, the better, but your long-term goals are essentially funded. It's just this next 10 okay. years. So, I mean, I would just think of it that way. Like, uh, any extra money is going to make sure these next 10 years are easier. So to throw it at retirement makes no sense because that's, that's pretty much okay. It's, it's what, what's going to happen the next 10 years? College funding, uh, maybe get out of the mortgage a little sooner, maybe create a salary pool for yourself. That, that's what I would focus on. Okay. All right. Well, th thank you for sharing your story with us, and we wish you the best of luck. You know, I was going to say something witty like, Check back with, uh, with us in 10 years, but, you know, <laughs> give us updates sooner than that, okay? All right, great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it this week's uh, Pete the Planner show. I feel a little bad that I had to tell her the next 10 years are going to be hard, but wouldn't you rather know? That's exactly what it looks like. That's why I talk about it all the time. Ages 47 to 53, you, they sneak up on you, you're there, and it's like, oh, my good God, why is this so hard? I'm not looking forward to myself. I turned 41 at the end of this month. Uh, my daughter is nine years old. We start a little late. Um, so that means that uh, within the next 10 years, so I'll be 51 when this is all going down. I don't look forward to that. It's not like I'm gonna have any less hair though. So, all right, that's it for this week's show. If you wanna be on the show, be on the show. Go to pizzaplanner.com slash podcast. Nicole will get you on the program. Until next time. I'm Pete the Planner. This here, this is my show. This is for information purposes only. Not the specific financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now. You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. But there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner empire that you know nothing about. Until today, it's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm the chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world, that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. You're now part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?